Yo, yo, welcome back to the Think of Mill podcast where the hustle never stops and the grind never dies. We're here to bring you the best of both worlds, mixing financial literacy, pop culture, and lesson they wouldn't dare teach you in school with a dose of conversations about ambition and success like never before. Hey, we believe that with the right knowledge, skills, and drive, anyone can turn their dreams into reality. Get ready to level up. We're all just here trying to make it, and we're not stopping until we do. Last but not least, folks, make sure to leave a five-star rating on the show, share it, and like it if you can. That alone will help us dramatically spread more awareness. You never know if this episode could be the one to change a written person's life because of your support. Let's get it. And if you want to put a face to the name, definitely click the link in the bio. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's go. And let the choir sing. I go by the name JV. And in today's service, I just want to preach about a little something. So you don't mind getting to your feet while I preach. Some people want plaques, some Grammys, some people want hoes, some family, some people want rave, some Camry, some people make it out, some barely, some people want plaques, some Grammys, some people want hoes, some family, some people want rave, some Camry, some people make it out, some barely, still so much to thank God for. Hi folks, welcome back to the Thinking Well Podcast, and today I want to give you some key pointers on how to live below your means, but still be free, you understand what I'm saying? This is a very big thing, so I'm going to give you some key points. And I'm going to give you some takeaways on how to start implementing. So make sure you listen to the end of this podcast episode because this is a very big thing. And you may not know it, so it may take, this may be something that's good for you right now. Because you may not know that you're a person who needs to live below their means, but don't know how and don't know how to get over the science to do it. Let's get it. All right, cool. So what is living below your means? The whole point of living below your means is not spending as much money as you can or downsizing, putting an end to something that's caused you financial pain, but you don't know it yet. So this is a few things I want to bring up to let you know that you probably should be living below your means. And I want to start with this. Do you have a budget? And do you understand why a budget is important? If you don't, you're probably not really living below your means, and your money's probably taking control of you. The reason I want to say this episode is because my money used to take control of me because I felt the need to blend in and be like everybody else. Budget was a word that was intimidating to me. A budget means you're cheap. When you're from the hood, it's like, oh, if you on a budget, that means you have no money. No. Once you get around certain things, I, there was a guy named Anthony O'Neill. He said, he said, if someone, if if my daughter ever brought somebody home, and he told and he told me that they're on a budget to do whatever, he's like, that's the one. So some people see it differently. Some people may call you cheap for having a budget, right? If you don't understand that, that's one reason you probably should be living below your means. Another thing is this. You got to start finding ways to reduce unnecessary expenses while still living a fulfilling life. So let's say you're a person that likes to go out to eat. There's nothing wrong with that. But it becomes a problem when it costs you too much to go out to eat and it's eliminating you from taking care of responsibilities and priorities. So there's people who overdraft their cards to have fun. And then your responsibilities take a hit. You need to live a little bit below your means. Now, if you spend a lot of money on Jordans, sneakers, whatever the case may be, but you're late on your phone bill, you can't do this, you can't do that, then you got to take a step back on that unnecessary spending because I'm going to be real with y'all. That is unnecessary spending. As humans, all we need is like food, shelter, and water. So everything else outside of that is really a luxury. Another thing to help you that you might to put first while you're trying to live below your means is building that emergency fund. And reducing the debt. We're in a debt-driven world. 
A lot of us do not have good debt. Now, that's the big problem. We have debt like, okay, we can use credit cards for certain things. But you're using credit cards to go buy clothes, things of that nature. Now you have to hustle to pay that money back. Every dollar you spend, what you got to do is calculate how much it costs you per hour to make that. So if you make $20 an hour, you spent 40 it costs you two hours of your time to make that $40. Then you're going to spend 80 That's four hours of your time to make that money. So you got to put it that way. You got to put it into perspective. Another thing that's a good thing to do, and this is kind of what I did. And let me tap into the emergency fund thing. If you even have $1,000 saved, you're doing better than half of Americans. So that's a good thing. You don't need 10000 20000 As long as you have 1000 you, your car tires fall off. We all know how expensive tires are. Like, because I moved to California, my tires were um, so messed up, I had to get them replaced so I couldn't drive the car. Didn't have enough money to do so because I spent all my money moving to California. So that's an example right there where having an emergency fund is important in case an emergency like that arises because then you lose your car, guess what? Now you can't get to work. Now you got to make spend money on Uber. Now that two hours... That $40 it takes for you to uh, make $40, you spend it out on Uber twice a day. So basically, you work for eight hours and only taking away four hours worth of work. You know what I'm saying? So you got to look at it that way. Adapting a minimalist mindset and focus on experiences over material possessions. Now, a person like me, the reason I take experiences over material possessions, I mean, I've only owned one pair of Jordans in my whole life. And that's actually like a humble flex to me nowadays. But the experience I got, I know people who have a lot more clothes than me, a lot more shoes than me, but they have nowhere as near as many phone numbers in my phone and potential opportunities or just memories. You know, some people have never even got the chance to leave the hood. You know what I'm saying? And me, I've had the privilege. Like, my son is seven months and been on about four flights. And I told my buddy, he's like, yo, bro, I didn't take my first flight till I was 29. So the experiences mean a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Navigating through... All these obstacles in life are worth way more than the material possessions. And half the time, they're a lot cheaper because you don't have to do them so reoccurrently. When you live by material aspects, material things, you have to keep up with that. You know, when a new sneaker drops, you got to be on that. It's not like every time there's a flight, you got to get on one. Every time there's a vacation, you got to get on one. No. So adapting that minimalist mindset and taking experiences over material possessions. Dinner here and there over always buying a girl a bag, whatever the case may be. Because certain things just go a long way. Right? Because you can't take those experiences from people's heads. A girl can leave you, sell the bag, but she can't forget the time you took her to Cancun. Right? You just can't. You can't get rid of that. The experiences mean a lot more. You can do that once a year and it'll be more meaningful than buying 10 bags in a year. Right? It's more meaningful. So you want to also set financial goals and tracking the progress. Now, this is my, this is a thing for you that I'll give to you because me, I track the progress, but not so in-depthly. It's like, okay, I know exactly what I want to save every single month. And I'm going to do it until I get to this goal, until I get to this goal. But you got to have the goal in place because if you don't have a goal, you don't really have a direction, right? You're kind of just driving down the road, hoping that you see a stop sign, whatever the case may be. You got to have a direction, so set the financial goal. And then I'll, once I, I'll get into this later in the podcast. But once you have a goal, you know exactly what you can and you cannot do, which will lead me to the next thing. So a relationship between financial stability and mental health. Spending habits is actually a form of mental mental illness. Now, let's say this, right? Let's say a person who knows... it's there's, they, There was a reference of, like, only two two people in this world are capable of being emotional. It's like a toddler and a dog because they both would, like, pee on the carpet, whatever the case may be. 
and it just shows their intolerance to be emotionally stable. So people who will not have money but still spend it to fit in, there's something very wrong with the mental. It take because it takes a lot of brain power to not even be able to do that. To say, yo, listen, I don't have the money for this, but to avoid the peer pressure, it's a lot of mental stress. So you gotta have a good relationship between financial stability and mental health is very important. So whatever you have to do to get that, it's important. Don't I always people like yo save money. People will always will tell you that, but it's like yo, bro, the mental capacity to see the money go in your savings account versus money that you can spend. It's a very much a mental battle as it is a habit. You can have the greatest goals in the world, but until you fix the mental aspect of saving money and being financially responsible, don't let them trick you into thinking that if you're not saving, you're doing bad because it's a very, it's, it's warfare. It's not just something you can do. So let's lead me to my next thing. Build a community around financial growth. So what was I doing the other day? Oh, so I didn't want to have a drink, right? I've been doing this whole no sugar thing no drinking thing. And it just so happened, a colleague of mine was like, yo, I don't drink either, and I don't do sugar. Um, we're only supposed to have so-and-so amount of grams of sugar a day, and one apple juice at the office has all the sugar we need for one day. And me, I'm drinking soda, eating fruit snacks, drinking coffee, putting extra sugar in the coffee. And he was telling me, he's like, salt you can get out of your body, but sugar you cannot get rid of. And sugar is probably the most... The, they, they, made, they did a study on rats and, like, mice and what sugar does to the brain. And we were talking about alcohol. He said they did a study on mice. And they said the mice, they put them in a box with just alcohol and they starve themselves to death rather than drinking the alcohol because they know it's poison. And for me, I'm an avid drinker. But this just goes, that's a whole other story for a whole other day. And that's why it's important to have a community. It's like, yo, bro, we're not going out. We're stacking up. But when you're around people, it's like you're trying to be sober. Someone goes to buy a bottle. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So you got to create those boundaries when it comes to money, be around the people who choose to wear the same shoes, who choose to wear the same clothes, but feel confident within themselves. And it makes you feel more validated in the way you're going. So, and the biggest thing about living below your means is challenging the societal expectations around spending and saving. Now, people will call you cheap because you want to save all your money, but then they'll be the same people in six months to ask you for some money. So you got to stay, you got to stay aware of that. Like I was saying earlier, the word budgeting is almost a, a trigger word. A budget? What do you mean budget? But then even a person like me, when I, when I decided to, because when I decided to to cut away from fitting in and being more, my, one of my favorite quotes says, live like no one else until you can live like no one else. I would wake up every day on my commute to work. It'd be like, this was probably two years ago, 30 minutes, just listen to a Dave Ramsey episode. Everyone has their issues about Dave Ramsey. Not a big fan of his credit card thieves, but the whole live like no one else until you can live like no one else thing, it, it really hit me. And he'd bring people up there and talk about their money and their, and their household and their situations. That's where I got my financial beliefs from and my financial thoughts. And it's hard. It's hard because not everyone thinks like that. But And then you're going to have to go into the battlefield by yourself. And then in 20, 30 years, people are like, yo, he did well for himself. He invested he saved this money. And it's not always about saving when you're young, too, because you can put the money elsewhere. But I have that's a whole other topic for a whole other today. But you got to challenge the societal norms. Understand they are societal norms. And it doesn't mean they're right. It's just a normal thing to do. That's why majority of America does not have $1,000 in their bank account. Over that. That's just why. So think about that next time someone tells you budgeting is corny. Well, how much money do you have saved? 
how much money do you have reoccurring after expenses that's a different thing you can save a lot of money without expenses so whenever they tell you you have a budget you ask them those questions now i just want to give you a few key takeaways on how to start implementing this information that i just gave you i could just tell you a bunch of things but i want to make sure you can implement because that's the easiest way to get set up who would i be if I just told you two plus two is four, but not how to do math, doesn't make any sense. So here's a way to start implementing. Start by tracking your spending and creating a budget to understand your current financial habits and how broke you actually are. Now, Alex Hermosi, I don't know if you know who he is, he said, what you should do every day is check your bank account to see how broke you actually are. Because I know that everybody can agree that there were time periods where you would swipe that card but would not want to check that bank account though. Because you know that it's close to being in the red. I highly suggest every day you look at the bank account and remind yourself, this is where I am. Get start start looking at go print out your bank statement and look about look at all the money you wasted. That's how it worked for me. I was like, I just spent three thousand dollars this month on a bunch of BS, and now I'm sitting here by myself looking stupid. It happens that you gotta wait till another time to recollect. So definitely start doing that. Then figure out where you are. Calculate all your expenses. This is how I figured I could save 54% of my income because I did the math on every single expense, every down to everything. And I'll talk more about that as we go forward. Reduce unnecessary expenses by cutting down on subscriptions, eating out, and shopping for sales and discounts. Now, there's, a, there's a guy, he said, the day you wake up and tell yourself you're going to go shopping is the day you wake up and tell yourself, I'm just going to go waste money today. That is the day you do that. That is the exact day you do that. So even my subscriptions, like, you know, getting charged here, I moved all my subscriptions to the seventh of every single month. You know why I did that? I, I learned about it, but I never implemented it. And then this is what happened. There was someone charging my card for Amazon. Since my subscriptions, I didn't have control of the money. I was getting charged for Amazon, not knowing where it came from. Just seeing these charges, like whatever. They did over $300 in random charges, like 20 bucks, 30 bucks, because I wasn't in control of the money. Now... I moved, I cut off all my subscriptions, moved them all to the seventh day of every month. I saw one charge that wasn't on the seventh day, caught it. But it took me months to catch that because it was so, so everything. You sign up a subscription here, no. Move all your subscriptions to the seventh of every month or whatever day. It doesn't matter if you get, you can do it on the 15th. It doesn't matter. But at one day of the month, so you can start controlling your money and know what you're getting charged for and know how much you're getting charged for. Then... Start building that emergency fund. Set aside a small amount of money each month. Now, that this whole saving thing could be a whole conversation in itself because it's hard for a lot of people to do. But you want to have something. Rainy day. Let's say you get a... Just put away $2,000. $1,000. Never look at it till next year. Right? Something. I don't care if it's $500 and you do $500 with this month and you skip a month and you party and then the next one, just, just have it there. Just have it there just in case. You always got to have it. It's just very important. Just responsible. Find your friends. Hey, let's go on a 30-day saving challenge. Let's do this together. Or if you're a significant other, how much money can we save together? Those type of conversations are very, very important. A lot of people can't have those conversations because money equals secretiveness. For some reason, it's just how it is. But when you don't have much, you want to protect the little that you do have. That's what I say. It's all psychological warfare. It's all a mental battle. You got to talk about it. Got to be open about it. Because if you don't, the first step of change is awareness. The first step of change. Utilize digital tools, apps to manage your finances and make informed spending decisions like Truebill, for example, or Rocket Money, whatever it is now. 
I would use them. Hey, this is how much you spent last month. I'd be like, God damn. God damn. That's what they say. It's a lot easier to swipe your card than it is to spend cash because you can see the money physically going away. It's psychological. It's not a joke. It's all psychological. But you got to see it. And then when you have the data, okay, this is how much money you make every month. It knows, it starts to calculate how much money you make. It knows exactly when you're going to get paid, things like that. It's going to tell you this this bill is coming up, this bill is coming up. And you have to swallow that pill when you know it's soon to be ahead of you. So start using these apps. Let that shit scan all your money. It even scans your credit report too so you know where you are with that. But that's all another video for a whole other day. So I guess the last thing I would say is outside of the societal pressure, create your own goals, have your own values, and foster a positive money mindset. It sounds so cliche. It sounds so lame. I know. But I had to foster that too. And mine was like, yo, bro, my definition of being broke is the money's in the savings versus me spending it. And people may have to, like, listen to Payroll Giovanni, 10 Sad Commandments. And that was a good song, like, that I always had to think, that I always had to listen to. Because sometimes you just got to pay your overhead. After that, back to stacking bread. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just important to pay what you got to pay for. And you might be down for a summer. You might be down. Like me, I, I love to get the black SUVs when I go out. But right now, I might have to have a Prius pull up on me because I know where I want to be. And when it's black SUV time, when it's this spot time and it's drink time, that is my time. But you got to understand your season. And we all want to feel validated. But if you don't know how to validate yourself in a, in a way that's less, living below your means, then you're just going to lose. You're just going to lose. Sometimes you might have to live below your means for two years. But that's nothing to a lifetime. That's nothing. In your 20s for two years? That's 20 to 22. 22 to 24. <laughs> That's nothing. Because half the time, we still don't really have what we want. So living below your means, if there's anything to take away from this video, just take that as your time to worry about yourself. It's your time to get a control of your money. It is your time to start thinking about how long you'll actually be on this planet and how right now, it's not the all be all. Being in your 20s is a big, big misconception. And you know, here it's all about think a mill, speak a mill, see a mill. We're all here just trying to make it, and we're not going to stop until we do. I'm gone.